Take your Bibles this morning with me and turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 23. 2 Chronicles 23. You could also follow along in your harmonies. Um, we're here in the harmony and it will parallel together with 2 Kings chapter 11. But the most complete records in 2 Chronicles, so if you just have your Bibles, just turn to 2 Chronicles and you'll be able to follow along best there. This morning, we have a crisis. Does God really keep his promises? Ooh, you sound awful sure. Well, can you go back in time with me? Back far to the time when the dynasty of Omri is ruling over everything? You know what a dynasty is, right? A dynasty is the royal family who is ruling as over their kingdom. Look here at our timeline. This was a long time ago, even when you go back in history to where we're at in the record. This is a long time ago when you see David there. David there, king, oh, around 1,000 B.C., a thousand years before Christ. You remember that one day Nathan the prophet came to David and he came to him with a message from God, with a covenant, a promise. It's recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Just a few excerpts from that promise. In 2 Samuel 7, at the end of it, God promised that thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established Forever! That was the promise that God made to David. It was repeated to Solomon, and Solomon acknowledged it in 1 Kings chapter 8 when he quoted God, speaking to David as saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit on the throne of Israel. Will God keep his promises? Also in 2 Kings, where we're at now, just not too long ago, um, you remember Jehoshaphat's son, what he did when he became king? He murdered all of his brothers. And then after that, God judged him, but yet he remembered that promise he made back in, to David. And it says this in 2 Kings chapter 8. Yet the Lord would not destroy Judah. And look at this next part. For David his servant's sake, as he promised him to give him always a light and to his children. God has promised David that his kingdom will last for how long? Forever. Forever. 
Well, that was around, oh, 1055 B.C., thousand years before Jesus was born. And then let's move forward in our timeline. We have some events that take place here today about this time here. But see, you've been looking at this timeline an awful lot. But I want you to go back with me to the time where the yellow bar is. Okay? Can you all do that with me? Go back in time to where you see the yellow bar. So what that means is you don't know anything at all that happens after that yellow bar. Here you are. In the question mark. You don't know what's going to happen. In fact, the family, the royal seed of David, is really, really small. Jehoshaphat's son murdered all of his brothers. Time went by, and a king from Ammon came in and carried away captive more of the royal family. You see Jehoram. God judged him. He died, Jehoram on the bottom. He died from a stomach disease where his bowels fell out. It was a judgment from God. His younger brother, Ahaziah, became king. But you remember, Ahaziah went to visit his uncle, Joram the Green, and when they went to visit him, that's when Jehu came in, who was Joram's captain of the guard, top general, and killed his king and wounded Ahazai. Ahazai got away. He went and fled and hid in Samaria. Then he apparently got captured again but escaped again and fled to Megiddo. And there at Megiddo, he was finally killed. So here now, Jehoshaphat's been dead. Jehoram died of this bowel disease, and Ahazi was wounded and is now dead. His mother is Athaliah. You remember Jehoshaphat married Jehoram to the daughter of who? Who? Who is Athaliah's father? Faith? Ahab. And so now here, Jehoram is dead, Ahazi is dead, Joram of Israel, Athaliah's brother, is dead, Jehu is leading a coup, an insurrection. And so what does Athaliah do? Well, you're not going to believe it. It tells us in 2 Kings chapter 11 and verse 1 that when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and made herself queen. Is that what it says? Well, if you're looking at 2 Kings 11.1, 1, it doesn't say that. She arose when he saw that her son was dead 
and destroyed all the seed royal. So, uh, wait, wait. First of all, her son Jehoram had already murdered all of his brothers. And those that are left are apparently her own grandchildren. And she destroyed all the seed royal. All the way down to the babies. Now, let's look at our timeline. The purple color symbolizes what? Who remembers? Elijah, what's the purple symbol? David's David's dynasty. David's family, the house of David, right? That's what the purple represents. But look where we're at right now. Is it purple? No. It's green. It's green. It's not purple. What about, what about all of these promises? They can't be true, can they? What do you think, captains of generals, captains of hundreds? Does God keep his promises? Huh? You don't know that. No, it says all the seed royal. Everyone is dead. How can God keep his promise? Now, we don't have the dynasty of David or the house of David. We have the dynasty of Omri, the house of Omri. So there you have it. Covenants that God made with people, he doesn't keep. He can change him whenever he wants, right? Some of you are looking at me strange. Place yourself in that time, though. Place yourself in that time when the wicked, wicked Queen Athaliah, okay, and this is not a fairy tale, the wicked Queen Athaliah is murdering everyone, even her own grandchildren, and made herself queen. That's the end of David's dynasty. That's the end of David's dynasty. Right? As far as the entire kingdom knew, knew David's dynasty was finished. Now, some of you are shaking your heads. Why? Because you know what's happened that day when Athaliah murdered all the seed royal. But see, all of Israel didn't know what happened. You know what I think? I think only three people knew what happened. And some of you might be saying, well, what happened? Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret but I need to introduce you to someone. Jehoiada. Jehoiada is a priest of the Lord. And he has a wife. Where's your wife? 
he has a wife. And do you know who his wife is? She's a princess. She happens, if we look back up here at our timeline, or let's look here at our, 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 our family tree, we see these different people, okay? And you see there on the left-hand side, all those guys are dead, and Ahaziah is dead too. But you see there Ahaziah? Ahaziah had a sister, a princess. And you know what? She married him. She married Jehoiada the priest. Well, one day, when Athaliah came through the royal palace and was massacring all the seed royal, there was a little baby boy named Joash. Now, you never heard of Joash, or you remember Joash. He was a little baby. And when Athaliah came through and massacred all of the seed royal, they thought that they had killed baby Joash. It tells us that he was stolen from among the king's sons which were slain. Now, what does that put in your mind? Well, you might think, oh, there was the massacre going on, and his nurse held him and hid him and maybe crawled under the bed. No, it, it actually says that he was stolen from among the king's sons that were slain. Do you know the picture I have? They came in and slew everyone in that room and thought the baby was killed too. And Joash was left for dead. And his nurse and his wife, Jehoshaphat, came in and found little baby Joash still alive. And they took that little baby and they hid that little baby in his house. And they raised that baby boy. But you know what? All of you, all of the nation, all they knew is that all the seed royal had been destroyed. And all that they, for all they knew, that included little baby Joash. They fled to Jehoiada. And they hid him. And you know what? Time goes by. It tells us that he was hid in the house of the Lord six years. And Athaliah did reign over the land. For six long years, the wicked queen, and you can imagine, I'm, it's just, this is a fairy tale kind of wicked queen. This is real wicked kind of queen. Who murders her own grandchildren to secure her place on the throne. And she reigned for six years 
until one day, without her knowing, Jehoiada secretly called a meeting. He called a meeting with the captains over hundreds, five of them. So we need them here. For it tells us that in the seventh year, Jehoiada strengthened himself and took the captains of hundreds. We've got one, two, three, four, five. William's stubborn today, so James, you come on and help us. Even though he's got royalty in his blood, you know, William, of course you're James. Did you ever notice the tools all have royal names? Here they are, these captains of hundreds. And Jehoiada, he's got a plan for them. We've got Azariah and Ishmael, another Azariah, and Mashiel, and Elias Fat. And Jehoiada joins into covenant with them. You know what he does? He brings out to them a little boy. Hey, Joash. How many of you are seven? Shalom, are you seven? You're almost seven? Is he the only seven-year-old? Gavin, are you already seven? You're going to be seven. He just turned seven, so he gets the lucky job. Here, Jehoiada brings out this little boy. Now imagine this, all of you. For all you have known for the last six years, there is no more royal seed of David. They're dead. And on this day, Jehoiada brings this little boy before you, among you. I mean, look at it. Some of you aren't very old, much older than him, and you tower over him. He's just a little guy. And Jehoiada, he has a plan. And this is his plan. Behold, the king's son shall reign, as the Lord hath said of the sons of David. This, thing that ye, this is the thing that ye shall do. A third part of you entering on the Sabbath of the priests and of the Levites shall be porters of the doors, and a third part shall be at the king's house, and a third part at the gate of the foundation, and all the people shall be in the courts of the house of the Lord. But let none come into the house of the Lord save the priests and they that minister of the Levites. They shall go in, for they are holy, but all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord." And the Levites shall compass the king round about, every man with his weapons in his hand, and whosoever else cometh into the house, he shall be put to death. But be ye with the king when he cometh in, and when he goeth out. There is a plan. Did you see what he said there at the very beginning in verse 3? This is really important, guys. Did you catch it? Behold, the king's son shall reign. As the Lord hath said of the sons of David. There's one of the sons of David still alive. And he shall reign. Well, these five captains, apparently, reading between the lines a little bit here, were Levites. Not princes or not of royal blood, just Levites. 
those who taught the law, not even fighting men. And they've gone out and gathered together other Levites and other people from out throughout the land, and they're going to crown Joash king. Now remember, these are captains of hundreds. These five men represent 500 men. Not only that, but we have all of the priests who are coming to the temple to offer sacrifices. And you'll, you'll see here in different things as we go on where he says he did not dismiss the courses. Now, this, this is a little bit of history about the temple, but Levites lived, didn't all live in Jerusalem. They lived actually all over the land. And they each had their turn of coming to Jerusalem, and they served in the temple two weeks every year. So a different group of priests and Levites would come from a different part of the land to Jerusalem, and they would minister there for two weeks. And on that Sabbath day in between, the, the Levites who had been there for two weeks, it was their last day, and it was the first day for the Levites who were going to be there for the next two weeks. Well, jo Jehoiada picks this day, this day, when both the courses are present, as well as these secret service, 500 in secret soldiers, and all of the people preparing. You know what they're going to have? They're going to have a royal coronation for little Josiah. Well, Let's see here. What we're going to do here, let's plan this, this, this here coordination. We're going to have you here. And you guys go back. You take him back there with him. And you get ready to bring him into the temple. And you're going to guard him. And you know what Jehoiada also gave them all? He gave to them all swords and spears and shields and bucklers so that they could defend Joash. So you guys all go back and get ready. You're going to go before and behind him. Don't let him get behind. He's not in the back. Some guys go in front of him. Some guys go behind him. We're going to have a coronation in the temple of Jehovah. And you know what? So many people in the kingdom, you don't even know that it's all going on necessarily. And I imagine some people were doubting it. I wonder how many people thought, yeah, right, Joyda. There's one of them left. There can't be one of them left. Where did I put my script? There can't be, there can't be any of the royal seed left. They're all dead. Where are they? Well, it tells us in 2 Chronicles 23, verse 8, so the Levites and all Judah did according to all things that Jehoiada the priest had commanded and took every man his men that were come in on the Sabbath and with them that were gone out on the Sabbath. For Jehoiada the priest dis not, dismissed not the courts. Moreover, Jehoiada the priest delivered to the captains of hundreds spears and bucklers and shields that had been King David's, which were in the house of God. And he set all the people, 
every man having his weapon in hand from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple, along by the altar and the temple. And they came round about. Now, could you imagine this now? We have at least 500 soldiers who have filed into the temple on this side and on that side. Levite soldiers. And then we have all the people outside. And at the appointed time, they brought Josiah in to the house, into this house to be king. Cue the music. brought Josiah in and they took the crown and they put it upon his head. And Jehoiada and all the people cried out and said, God save the king! God save the king! God save the king! You guys aren't very excited. Let's go. Let's hear it. You guys are terrible actors. <laughs> well, this noise kept going and the shouts of cheer and applause, it just roared throughout the temple and it spread outside of the temple. And guess who heard it? And she hears this noise of the trumpet and of the people cheering and all of this and the people running and praising the king. And she came to the people into the house of the Lord, and she looked, and behold, the king stood at his pillar at the entering in, and the princes and the trumpets by the king, and all the people of the land rejoiced and sounded with trumpets and also singers and instruments of music, and said, she taught to sing praise. And Athaliah rent her clothes and cried. Treason! Treason! Well, she came out, Jehoiada the priest brought out the captains of the hundreds that were set over the host and said unto them, Have her forth of the ranges, and whoso followeth her, let him be slain. But slay her not in the temple. So they took her out from the temple. The queen Athaliah was taken from the temple as had been commanded. And she was brought out out to the wall beside the royal palace. And there she was slain. Ah, do you remember our timeline? Do you remember it? 
is indeed the house of David destroyed forever? Yes or no? No. Indeed, the promises of God that there shall, be, there shall never fail a man in God's sight to sit upon the throne of Israel of David's house. And as he promised in 2 Samuel, thine house and thine kingdom shall be established how long? Forever. And even though, even though David has been long dead for over a hundred years, on this day when this trouble comes, Joash, Joash is crowned king. Now, I find it kind of interesting here if we come back to dear Athaliah. Hmm. She comes in. She sees them making him king. And did you hear the only word she said? What was it? Treason. Now tell me who was guilty of treason. <laughs> hmm. She's the one who when her son was dead of Judah, her brother was dead of Israel, came in and did what? Made herself queen. Well, that would make sense. After, she destroyed all the seed royal of King David, leaving little Joash among the dead. But he was still alive. He was still alive. And he was stolen from among the dead. And now the real traitor has been brought out to be executed. The real traitor is now dead. And David's house is reestablished in the kingdom. Well, so now what happens? Jehoiada is now the priest. Joash is now king. But tell me, do you want to be king? Smart kid. Did you see him? He shook his head no. Do you know being king is a really hard job? Yes, it's a very hard job. But praise God. Joash has a friend. Like a father. Jehoiada. Jehoiada, the priest, to advise him. And if you look in the very next verse, in 2 Chronicles 23 and verse 16, it tells us that Jehoiada made a covenant between him and between all the people and between the king that they should be the Lord's people. Not only was Queen Athaliah a treacherous, wicked woman, she was an idolater. She worshipped Baal. In fact, she brought the idols of her mother, Jezebel, all the way from Zidon down into Jerusalem. And there had been set up a worship center in Jerusalem. You see, Jehoiada here at the temple is doing what he's doing, but for the most part, what's going on with the royal family with Athaliah is all taking place over at the Baal worship center, not too far away. 
So one of the first matters of business is for Jehoiada to call the people back to serve the Lord, Jehovah, the one true God. And so he establishes a covenant between him and all the people and between the king that they should be not Baal's people, but the Lord, that is Jehovah's people. And so then all the people went to the house of Baal, and they break it down and break his altars and his images in pieces and slew Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. They have now removed Athaliah and her priests and the house of Baal and destroyed the altars and images of Baal. And so then Jehoiada moves on. Jehoiada appoints officers of the house of the Lord by the hands of the priests of the Levites, just as David had set up. Apparently, this hadn't been happening. No funds had come from the royal anything, and, and there was no support from the royal house for six years or more. Longer than six years, considering the parents of Joash. And they set things up so that the offerings can continue as the law could continue. And there was rejoicing with singing as it was ordained by David. Not only did he appoint the priests and the Levites, but he also set up porters at the gates of the house of the Lord that none that was unclean in anything should enter in. They were going to go back to serve the Lord. Now, you might think, well, what's this about stepping there to have nothing unclean entering in? Well, one of the really sad problems at the temple of Jehovah is that the people continually turned from serving God according to his law and went and served God according to their own ways. They had neglected the law of Moses. They had neglected the organizational structure set up by King David. In fact, later on we find out that there are idols in this temple. That's why there were these porters set up. They were kind of like guards. They were to ensure the purity and the holiness of this place. Not only did he set up the priests, the Levites, the porters, he also took captains of hundreds and the nobles and the governors of the people and all the people of the land. And he brought down the king from the Lord's house, from the temple. And they came through the high gate. And this, again, would have been a great processional. As they brought David or Joash, poor guy's tripping over his own royalty, into the king's house and sat him upon the royal throne of David. He had been given also the law of the Lord when he was crowned king and anointed as king. And it tells us in verse 21 that all the people of the land rejoiced and the city was quiet. After that, they had slain Athaliah with the sword. Now, does this sound like a fairy tale to you? You know, there are many people who read this account and say, ah, that's not much different than the fairy tales. Ah, how ideal of a story. 
One of the babies gets wounded and rescued and seven years later shows up to be king. And look here, it says, and the people lived happily ever after. Oh, no, it doesn't. But it does. It says, and all the people of the land rejoiced and the city was quiet. After that, they had slain Athaliah with the sword. That sounds an awful lot like they lived happily ever after to me. Well, I got some news for you. This may seem inconceivable, unbelievable, absolutely amazing, something of the grandest imaginations. But it's not fiction, and it's not a fairy tale. It happened. Even though it sounds incredulously amazing, like it's impossible, it happened. And the reason it happened, can you tell me? Because God made a covenant with David that there would not lack a man to sit upon the throne. Now, ultimately, just to give you a heads up, that was fulfilled about a thousand years later when Jesus came to earth. The eternal Son of God was born of a virgin in Bethlehem when God became man, when God became Emmanuel. God with us. But when Jesus was presented to king to his people, they rejected him, and what did they do? They crucified him. And you know what? You may be thinking, ha I knew it. There's no king in Jerusalem. I, I mean, I've been reading the news lately. Even, um, let's see, their prime minister just got deposed himself. Well, not deposed, he got elected out. And all kinds of speculation about what will become next and 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 they're not even related to David and what's going on what's what's I mean does forever mean forever does forever mean forever yeah there isn't a man lacking to sit upon the throne of David right now he is seated seated Jesus Christ at the right hand of the throne of God and we are anticipating the day when he's going to come back in the clouds and catch us up to be with him. And then seven years, we with him will come to this earth and he will come in his glory where he will literally sit on the throne of David, the seat of authority of David, as was promised and has been promised and has been promised throughout history. God keeps his promises. And this event on this day and all of the drama and adventure of this day is just a little foretaste of the ultimate fulfillment of what will come in Jesus. This is the start of it. God keeps his promises. Well, what about the happily ever after? Well, let's look at the next chapter. 2 Chronicles chapter 24 and verse 1, and well, 2 Kings chapter 12. It tells us Joash was seven years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. It's a long time. You reigned to 47. How many of you are 47? How many of you are within five years of 47? All right. So that's how long you reigned. You're about their age when you died. Makes you feel old, right? Here, he reigns 40 years in Jerusalem. And is this a happily ever after? 
Well, if we look at 2 Kings 12, and it's also there in 2 Chronicles, it says that Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all his days were in Jehoiada the priest instructed him. You see, Jehoiada had a very important role in the life of this young king. That day when he was crowned, when he was anointed, he was given a copy of the law of God. Jehoiada advised him, instructed him, on the very first day of his kingdom, established a covenant that the people would be the Lord's people. But in spite of that covenant, it tells us that the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burnt incense in the high places. And Jehoiada took for him two wives, and he begat sons and daughters. Now, Jehoiada, why did you take him two wives? Don't know. It's not God's design. God designed two to be one flesh, not three. Two to be one flesh. You know, there's a little hint here in 2 Kings chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, And Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. All his days were in Jehoiada the priest instructed him. That was good, Joash. It was good that he followed the instruction of Jehoiada the priest. And it was good that Jehoiada the priest gave him wise counsel as a father would. Now, a lot of you have fathers that give you wise counsel. And I hope that you obey wise counsel. But let me tell you just a little bit ahead of the story. Joash did not always do that which was right in the sight of the Lord all his days. Only all his days were in Jehoiada the priest instructed him. And to tell you ahead of the story, Joash, in the end of his life, became a wicked king and an idolater. Oh! Happily ever after just got crushed. By the way, that's one of the evidences we know it's true. It's because God doesn't record the happily ever afters. He records history. What actually happened? What's the lesson for all of us? Well, our first most important lesson today is to never forget that God always keeps his promises. Even when things look hopeless, even when it seems impossible, God will keep his promises. That's real in so many different ways. That's real in the times when we are discouraged by what we read in the news or by what we see in society. That is real when we are tempted to sin and we remember God said this. God keeps his word. When he says he will give us strength over whatever temptation befalls us, he will give us victory. He will make a way of escape. We can count on it. In those days when we are discouraged for whatever reason, we can hope in the fact and in the reality that God keeps his promises no matter what. But there's two other lessons here. One is for dads. This is Father's Day. 
let us wisely instruct our children. Let us truly, earnestly bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And the second is for all children. No matter how good or bad your father is, you have a responsibility to serve God. Will you trust God? Even when mom and dad aren't watching, when mom and dad are gone, when you leave home, will you still serve God? The real Josiah, not Josiah, I confused Josiah and, and Joash, so if I mix them up, we've been talking about Joash this morning, not Josiah. The real Josiah, uh, what they said, the real Joash followed the instruction of Jehoiada when he was seven. Just like he would follow the instruction of a daddy, a father. And Jehoiada gave him good instruction. But you know, he wasn't around all the time for Joash. I'm not going to be around all the time. So you have to decide. And all of you have to decide. Will I, will you serve God even when no one's watching? I hope we all say, yes, yes, that's me. Great God, we thank you today for your word and for this history. We thank you that you keep your promises. Even as we saw yesterday in the sky, the symbol of the rainbow, the symbol and declaration that you are faithful and will keep your promises. Even as here on these days we consider the longest day of the year, the summer solstice, it's reminding us not of oh, a magnificent sun, though it's magnificent, but of you as the creator of it. You as the one who is faithful in commanding it to rise and set. You are our great God. We hope and trust and rest in you. Lord, I pray that each of us fathers, that we would love our children and that we would teach them in your way and that each of our children would, even when we're not here, when we're not there, would walk in truth, would follow you, would obey you. May you be glorified in all things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.